Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. One of the things that I try to get a handle on when I first initiate a discussion with prospects is um, the, the culture of the organization. And part of that is because we don't want to work with folks that are just looking for compliance. We really are, are part of our uh, DNA, if you will, is, is to help small and mid-sized businesses um, actually increase the, their security posture. And, and I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but the um, uh, concept of uh, compliance is equal to security is, is kind of a mantra among the information security professionals. It, it doesn't go the other way. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you have a, a strong security program based and rooted in one or more of uh, the standards out there like NIST or ISO or so forth, then you're going to just about meet compliance right out the gate. There's going to be some nuances and all of that associated with uh, the particular um, framework that you're working against, or that you're trying to work towards, rather, I should say. But what I mean by culture is that there, there's really, I think, a couple of aspects with regards to culture. And I can divide that. Uh, the first one is the executive side, and then the second one would be all staff, all personnel. So from the executive side, an information security program it, cannot be complete without executive buy-in. In fact, the less executive buy-in and knowledge there is, the less effective an information security program will be. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think that it all distills down to the basic truth that information security is a business issue, not a, not a technology issue. And if executive management and the board of directors aren't um, paying information security due diligence, then information security really doesn't become a priority in the organization. You have a issue with regards to um, being able to uh, gain buy-in. A lot of times, it's difficult already for a CISO or a virtual CISO to um, make the case, if you will, that a certain tool is needed or other resource. And there, there are ways to bolster that, for example, like through a quantitative uh, risk analysis like FAIR. But ultimately, um, I always say that the CISO's job primary responsibility is to provide enough information so that the executive management and C-suite can make risk-informed decisions on information security. But if they're not really interested in making risk-informed decisions from a cultural standpoint, and they look at it as just a impediment to business, just take care of that sort of thing, um, that's a very difficult aspect of, of culture to, to work with with an information security program. And then the culture of the rest of the staff, well, part of that feeds up from the um, from, from upper management and the uh, 
in particular, I guess some from the board too, but mainly upper management. As upper management goes, so goes the rest of the organization. Um, and if you have upper management that doesn't really focus on information security, then, then you almost have the, how can you expect the staff to? Um, and again, sometimes I think you see this in organizations where they think that IT is just responsible for all information security, and that's one of the most dangerous uh, things to, conclusions to make. Staff should be very much aware of uh, information security threats. That's why uh, awareness training is not just a check-a-box thing, but particularly um, not only the annual training uh, to keep them reminded as to uh, um, what some of the more common and more risky threats are, but also practicing and exercising that muscle memory with fishing exercises during the year. Um, it's very important. And, of course, there's different testing for different training for different roles. But the employee or the consultant or what have you, they have to care. They have to have some sort of skin in the game, so to speak. They have to understand that this is for the better good of the company. And, again, if executive management treats it differently, then, then there's no reason to expect that the staff will... Um, treat it differently as well. They, they won't see it as a business necessity for the company. So I look for these things, and depending upon uh, what the uh, level is, I might decline a, a potential opportunity, or I might have already by that point in time determined a strategy on how to adjust the culture, so to speak, to, to get it be, to become more accepting of... Um, risk management from an information security perspective. And so how do you do that? In, in my years of experience, the best way to do that is to start out from the prospect, from the idea that you don't tell a person what they need to do without explaining to them why they need to do it. So... The simple example with fishing exercises is it's not punitive. I don't think that there should ever be any sort of punitive action laid on those who fail fishing exercises unless it's a constant, repeatable offense. People will make mistakes. That's just part of being human. But if they're not doing anything to try to learn from those mistakes, then that becomes an issue. But first time failing, second time failing within a period of a year, well... Um, I don't. I don't think that punitive actions does much, much good. Doesn't really help. And ultimately, we we want to try to help the situation. We don't want to make it worse. But if they understand that, uh, well, this is a way that the bad guys get into the network. And if they get into the network, they can do bad things like encrypt. Um, they can cause uh, the company to temporarily suspend operations while they recover. And during that time, then the company can lose revenue, and that, that could ultimately affect the employment status of everybody within the company. And then you kind of build a little bit on that, well, there's the, the, the skin in the game concept. Um, of course, the best employees are those that, and staff, I, I use the term staff to include employees and contractors and volunteers and just 
um, the best staff are those that believe in the mission of the company um, and, and necessarily aren't in it for a paycheck. They really believe in what they're doing. Um, the, the organization has a good culture, not just information security, but all around. People, uh, they go to work, they have fun. That's one of our guiding principles, if you will, at, at VCSO, is that you, you have to have fun. Because if you're not having fun at what you're doing, uh, I think fundamentally that's a problem. Coming from somebody who has been in um, times in my life where I didn't particularly have fun with what, I'm, what I was doing at the time. So we try to sell it as a benefit to the staff that to be more information security aware. Of course, we can't go to every single staff uh, member and explain that, um, but we, uh, we certainly can uh, try to emphasize to the management and, and the higher-ups the necessity for, for turning that culture around. Now, you can also measure some effects of this. Um, some you can't, some you can. You can certainly use um, uh, getting back to uh, the phishing training statistics. There are platforms out there, for example, we're a no before partner. Uh, no before tracks um, the status of not only the courses that they've taken, but also what they've done, staff, what the staff has done as far as clicking on um, various emails and so forth. It creates a risk rating for them. And uh, you can then see who might be more riskier and can focus your efforts on those, those people. Culture is not one of those things that you can change very easily. It, it, it's a, it, it is one of those examples of turning an ocean liner really slowly. Um, and it, 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 it has to follow. You can't turn the internal culture without buy-in from executive management. And I would suppose that probably the worst scenario, and I've seen this before, is where those responsible for information security, and a lot of this is in the IT space at that point in time, don't want to have that contact with upper management. They, they, they actually want to separate and work autonomous, autonomously because they believe that, um, well, I'm not really sure, but I think the culture is like that uh, they know that there are issues and they don't want executive management to know that. And that sort of an organization is going to have long-term problems, most likely. So you try to turn the culture slowly. You measure it um, with, uh, with various things, the phishing exercises, the number of viral infections you have, um, those sorts of things. And uh, you, you just you want to make sure, of course, that they're you've got a strong policy suite in place and that the folks understand it, they sign off on it. You, you test the procedures that they're doing to make sure that they're not skipping over stuff. Because again, sometimes people will think that, well, I'll just skip, skip over something um, to make things more efficient. I'll give you an example of that from, from my, first, my first job outside of being a paper boy. Um, I worked at a Burger King in Binghamton, New York. And the, the rule there was never work on more than two burgers at a time. Well, you know, I was 16 at the time, and I knew everything back then. I must have forgotten an awful lot, because I remember when I was 16, I knew everything, absolutely everything. And uh, it was during a lunch period, lunchtime, of course, it's busier at lunch, more people are eating, it's Burger King. And I, I was making four burgers at once. 
the manager, I still remember his full name was, I'll just say his first name, Scott. Scott comes over and he's just like, my gosh, why are you doing this? Where do we get these people from? And he was upset because apparently there was somebody from Burger King Central doing a, um, an audit or a spot check or something. And, and I guess that that failed the manager uh, because I wasn't following proper procedures. And I didn't know or understand the why. Um, I just figured that the why that you weren't supposed to work on more than two burgers at once is because on average people couldn't handle that. But that, well, you know, well, I can handle it. You know, I can definitely do it. It's fine. I mean, hey, I knew everything. I was 16. I was Superman. And I didn't come to realize until later. I never verified this, but I'm assuming that the reason is that there's a, there have been studies done that the more that you, um, the more that you work on, the more meals you work on at one time, the greater the chance, probably goes up exponentially, that you're going to get one or more of those orders wrong, one or more of those burgers wrong. And so it's a, a corporate policy that is rooted in studies and in logic. And if somebody had just decided to tell me as a 16-year-old, not just the what, but the why, I, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I... I I really was a smart kid at that point in time, not smart enough to realize that, that even though I thought I knew everything, I didn't. But I was smart enough, and I would have been like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. The same analogy applies to information security. Again, if you tell somebody the why to do something, it may look like that it doesn't, I shouldn't have to do this extra step with regards to, say, transferring a file. Um, then it'll click, and and it'll it'll click and it'll stick. Actually, I kind of like that. It's a, I think that's going to be a new saying that I'm going to that I'm going to trademark. It'll click and it'll stick. So, to summarize for today, culture very important in information security. It's one of those soft things. There's soft skills involved with information security. And certainly, there are others like um, communication relationships. We'll talk about probably in another episode, but. Culture is a foundational um, requirement, good culture, for an information security program. So, again, thank you for listening and stay secure.